0: This is the Barita Podcast, which is a medium for information purposes only. This podcast is not a recommendation to buy or sell any securities. This isn't a research report, nor intended to serve as a basis for making any investment decisions. Contact a licensed investment advisor before making any financial decisions. Let's get into the Barita Podcast.
1: Alright, welcome to another episode of the Barita Podcast. Remember, you can get past episodes at com slash podcast. All right, so very happy to um, be with the Massey team today. A hundred years of Massey. Mm -hmm. All right, that's a big deal. It is. So let's just start off. We can start from the left. Can you guys just introduce yourselves?
2: Wendy Carey, Senior Vice President, Corporate Governance and Corporate Secretary of the Massey Group.
3: Gervais Warner, President and Group CEO
4: Vaughan Martin, Interim Group CFO and Executive Chairman, Gas Products Portfolio.
1: Okay. All right, guys. Welcome again. Thanks very much for coming. All right. So let's start off just talking about what is Massey, right? Hmm. Um, just uh, uh, in, in, in my mind, I understand it to be a, an investment holding company, um, global in, in, in scope and ambition with three main portfolios,
3: right? You have it. <laughs> <Isn't> That's <laughs> it. <laughs> That's it? That it. You have it? <laughs> All right.
1: So so we can we can start there. We can start. Yeah. So it's it's integrated retail, it's gas products, it's motors and machines, right? hmm So starting with integrated retail, what 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 is that business? Are are you guys operating supermarkets are you operating general merchandise explain. It. I
3: so, think we should switch sides.
1: Now just ask me <laughs> <laughs> <don't> explain
3: it. <laughs> uh, yeah, so the integrated retail um, portfolio is the group of companies that we have in the su- retail supermarket space and the food and pharmaceutical pharmaceutical distribution. Uh, in Guyana, we have both the food and pharmaceutical distribution and now massey stores. In Trinidad, we have both Massey stores and Massey distribution. Barbados as well, the combination. In St. Lucia, we have Massey stores primarily, and we just started a Massey distribution in St. Lucia. And uh, St. Vincent, we have Massey stores. In uh here in Jamaica, we only have Massey Distribution, Jamaica Limited. We have We don't have Massey stores because we sold Hilo to um, Grace many, many years ago. Mm -hmm. Hilo was originally owned by the Nila Massey Group, but originally by Cannings. And then when we were selling down in in, um, Jamaica back in the 1990s, unfortunately, Hilo was sold. Mm -hmm. And uh, then in in, uh, Miami, we have Massey distribution, um, uh, I guess, USA Limited. And our latest addition, Rose IGA supermarkets in Jacksonville, Florida. Okay.
1: So so that's integrated retail.
3: That's integrated retail. How many countries they're operating? Well, how many countries did I just call? Like seven? Five or seven? I didn't count. About seven. About seven.
1: Okay. Um so so if I'm if I'm trying to understand Massey, integrated retail is a big part of what you
3: huge part of uh, a huge part of the group. It accounts for 40% 40%? 40% of the group's profit, about 50% of the group's revenue. Um, 6,000 of the 12,000 employees that we have in the group are uh, in the integrated retail operation. Okay.
1: So from an investment and business point of view, the supermarket business distribution and general merchandise is... Big. Big. A big deal. A big deal. <laughs> All right. Okay. All right. Cool. So... Um, I mean, Vaughan. I guess you explain the gas business. Yeah, man. Us in brief,
4: yeah, gas products business. It's um, services that we provide LPG mm-hmm. and integrated uh, medical services or industrial gases included medical services. And I said integrated medical services because there's this newish line that we've created during COVID, which is just the medical supplies line, which really grew you know, like like a massive big item because of COVID and the need for oxygen. Mm. You know, the, the whole lines, the tanks, everything going towards having oxygen at homes and even at the hospitals, outfitting hospitals became a really big item for us during COVID. But the core business, LPG, cooking gas, we, we know this very well. Um, in terms of industrial gases, spoke about medical oxygen and oxygen for construction industry as well. Um, CO2, every beverage, you know, fizzy beverage you drink, most of it is massy gas. Um, CO2. Um, We have a very competitive um, CO2, good food-grade quality in Trinidad and Tobago, and very competitive price based on our downstream chemical companies as a a byproduct of their their processing facilities. So very strong in CO2. We export over 30 territories in the Caribbean, our CO2, it's a strong business, Caribbean and Central America, Latin America, Mm -hmm. very strong business. Um, nitrogen again. Um, that has a very vibrant oil and gas economy, mm-hmm. so we produce nitrogen that provides purging for oil and gas lines, ensuring that there's no uh, petrochemicals in lines when you have upgrade, startup, um, shutting down facilities, and kind of projects. You need that to clean the lines. Actually, we're going to do some writing in Moby, and in our Freeport terminal. Mm-hmm. Um, Probably between today and tomorrow, you know, oxygen plant in Moby. So, so that's a very important gas. Um, and then we have the other gases like acetylene, you know, um, for welding, argon welding again. Um, other specialized gases actually. Some people need hydrogen and stuff like that. So, so, so those are the the, the gambit of the business. Um, we operate in four territories: Colombia, Trinidad and Tobago, Guyana, and Jamaica. Um, <coughs> Trinidad and Tobago being, I would say the beachhead, the first business that we had. um, Pure industrial gases business, very strong. Just announced the acquisition of of, uh, Elikid, which will will have us get a bit of vertical integration, backward integration into the production arm and really dominate the the oxygen, nitrogen space in the Caribbean. Um, In Guyana, we have both um, LPG, and industrial gases, very strong business in Guyana, dominant force in in both areas, more so in the industrial gases, we have like 99% market share in industrial gases. Just invested in an ASU in Guyana, and that will ensure that we- Explain what that is. ASU, air separation separation unit, unit. very similar to what we bought in Trinidad. Uses natural air and strips out all of the other gases to get oxygen, nitrogen, and acetylene, basically. High levels of oxygen, high levels of nitrogen, and actually the unit that we're that we're building and in, and installing actually can toggle between if you want more oxygen or more nitrogen, more oxygen, less nitrogen, more nitrogen, less oxygen, based on demand um, by by the industry. Um, and acetylene is a byproduct as well that we produce
1: as well for welding. So on that note, though, I I I know you guys are big on being. Um, global force for good right so describe to me what it feels like when you're running a gas business that supplies medical oxygen and there is a respiratory pandemic mm-hmm. that strikes your home region like what, what what was that experience like for you guys because I mean I know we had a serious issue in Jamaica right in, in, in terms of medical grade oxygen so just, just walk me through that experience for Um. I think it was, yes, two two sides of that
4: experience, right? I think let's talk about the human side first. The human side of it was that there's no time to think. Mm -hmm. And our experience was that all people from all levels, they were just great. They were just proactive, selfless, fully committed, worked ridiculous hours. Mm Um, you know, we weren't working twenty-four hours at the point in time. So when this happens, you then need to convert to twenty-four hours. We're supplying, as I said, over twenty-three countries in the Caribbean, Latin America with oxygen. Uh, we even helped in Jamaica. So it's it was just us moving from producing a hundred percent in one quarter to a hundred to three hundred percent in the same quarter, mm. and it, it was transformative. But I think what was the most amazing item was really the ability to release autonomy into people and have them making some tough decisions, um, outfitting. It's its almost a, I don't just say this, I was going to say it's almost like if you're going to war, it's mm-hmm. like, you know, you, you had hospitals that was built in tents. Yes. And you have to outfit these hospitals with, with, with oxygen, um, you know, oxygen for the the, for for the for many beds Mm -hmm. and stuff and it's lines it's its mask it's all the supplies and then it's the people actually themselves having to work in hazmat suits Mm. um because of course we didn't know what COVID was Mm. so just the selflessness the courage of the people i think that's the first one um the second one is resilience Uh, about five years ago javis uh, five to six years ago Massey took on a new risk model and uh, one of the key elements of the risk model is finding resilience in the organization the what ifs yeah and seeing that at work, so the what ifs of LK was our main supply of oxygen mm-hmm. but we, just like six months before we actually we have a, a company called Sig. Okay, industrial gases. It's a joint venture to actually supply oxygen directly to one of our methanol plants. Mm-hmm. And originally, the plant never provided oxygen; only wasted oxygen, like additional oxygen, mm-hmm. was just vented. Mm-hmm. And we decided that both for the oxygen and nitrogen, we need to capture it in case there's a need for it, resilience, and even opening our markets. And that's what really helped us out, mm-hmm. you know, for us to be able to provide oxygen across the Caribbean and to train that. So that whole idea of resilience, of business continuity, being prepared,
1: I think that was the other big item that stood out for me. Yeah, I mean, that, that, that that's a point that, I know for me personally, you hear, like, Massey is big, right? Massey, I, 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 kind of, I think about it as massive, Massey, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, 1.8 billion US dollars in top line, right? That's, that's not anything that, you know, it's easy for your typical Jamaican to get perspective on, right? Um, But sometimes big business gets uh, a bad rap, right? Uh, And, you know, big big business this and big business that. I'm always interested to hear how much you guys, you know, beat the drum on being a force for good, right? And, you know, some people say that and, you know, you wonder to yourself. But, I I can say, because um, you know, this week I've been thinking of myself as a Caribbean. since Jervis, inspired me, you know. Every time he takes for podium, it's the Caribbean heart and the Caribbean is this. And but looking at our region as a big business, I don't know, I don't know what we would have done without Amasi being able to to compete in Florida for 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 scarce goods. Right. Yes. Um, because, you know, when in the teens of the pandemic, I remember people weren't looking on St. Vincent as a priority market. Right. But, you know, they can look at Massey as one big distributor and then Oxygen, it, it's literal Oxygen. You know, so to me, you know, I, I thought it was a big deal. And, you know, I, I, I just I just want to commend yeah, the the massive team and 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 all you involved for I think you came through for the Caribbean yeah at at at, at that time um, so so yeah so that's 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 um you yeah. know
3: when the pandemic was coming we had heard about it in China mm-hmm. we had a sense that it would spread
0: mm-hmm.
3: I was actually going off on vacation for three weeks I was going to South Africa my son was playing cricket I was going to watch him play some cricket and. Um, Chairman Robert Bermudez came into my office, we'd had a meeting and we had this this very simple conversation that said, look, if this pandemic comes to our region, we as a force for good must be first in protecting our employees and our customers. Mm. And as I left, I just conveyed that message to the chairman, literally, right? It was like, people must walk into a Massey store and feel safe. Mm-hmm. Like they must say, but boy, I could shop here. I, f- I smelling the disinfectant, <laughs> right? <laughs> kind of thing. And the work we had done as a team to be values-based, to be purpose-based was more than sufficient. Because with that, just nod, like pay attention to this. What happened when the pandemic started to arrive in the region is our businesses became ready first. We were the first to adopt hand sanitizer, start to disinfect everything in our stores. We were the first to be prepared with, you know, getting ready for have oxygen for people. We were the first to um, have oodles of hand sanitizer and other materials for distribution to other places. Mm-hmm. Um, we'd always been investing in diversification of our sources of food. Mm -hmm. We keep high inventories in the region for like six months of inventories on average. So when you start to have people rushing to supermarkets to buy up food and thing because you have to be on lockdown, we had supply across the entire region. And I think that that's part of the values based and then part of what Vaughan was saying about this devolving autonomy into the organization so the decisions could be made based on principles and values, not in some central tower say, okay, we all have to do this and we all have to do that and let's coordinate this because there's just no time to react. We had to rely on the values, the purpose-driven nature of the organization to respond and it did.
1: Yeah, yes. And, and there's a lot there. But before... I mean, we got a little sidetrack. I want to just finish out the, the, the third portfolio. Mm-hmm. So just explain motors and machines to me. You guys you guys selling cars across the region, um, selling tractors, what you said? So, so, so
3: motors and machines is the origins mm-hmm. of the Neil and Massey group. Mm-hmm. Harry Neil and Charles Massey came together to create Neil and Massey. Harry Neil was the Vauxhall dealer in Trinidad. And Charles Massey was into industrial equipment. He, he went out very early and secured the Caterpillar dealership for Trinidad and Tobago. We have been Caterpillar dealers for 95 years. Wow. In Caterpillar, I think we are the longest-serving Caterpillar franchise in Caterpillar, right? And... um so, Motors and Machines are about cars. I mean, we at one point in the time, we were assembling cars in Trinidad and Guyana. We went through the whole full gamut, but it's about motor vehicles, industrial equipment like tractors and uh, earth-moving equipment, um, the services associated with that, maintenance, rentals, etc. That's what Motors and Machines is. And we have a great business in Trinidad, a growing business in Guyana. Now we've got... Um, you know, one of the top multi-brand dealerships in Colombia, in the cities of Cali, uh, Bogota, Medellin, Santa Marta, and uh, Barranquilla. Uh, And car rentals. We we, we, we are are the um, uh, enterprise, national enterprise uh, car rental um, agents in 14 territories across Caribbean and Latin America, um, we've got a distribution hub for shell lubricants across i think it's a similar to tw- 12 or 14 territories in caribbean and latin america we have a big distribution center in um miami we've just become the official nissan dealers in seven countries throughout the throughout the caribbean um, potential with the potential to be the master dealer for for others so the roots and history of The Massey Group Mm. are in the Motors and Machines portfolio. Mm. Okay,
1: okay, and that's what what twenty five percent of twenty percent of the twenty
3: percent of the profit of the business profit.
1: Okay, okay, and revenue. Okay, all right. So, so if I'm, I'm I'm an investor looking at Massey, then what, in terms of focusing on these three portfolios, you're you're operating supermarkets and and moving merchandise, you're selling. Cooking gas and industrial gases, and you're selling cars, tractors, industrial machinery, servicing them, and renting the cars as well. Is that is yes. that where my focus needs to be? Yes. If, I'm sure. If, if yeah. I'm, okay. Yes. So that's what I understand. Business. Now, Operationally, both you and uh, Vaughn, you and Jervis mentioned something that I don't know if I can turn to Wendy and get a a, a, a broader understanding of the whole idea. Of a governance structure that devolves autonomy. Mm. So, explain how that.
2: Yeah, in about 2018, 2019, we thought about strengthening the portfolios, giving them more autonomy, empowerment. So, we really wanted to strengthen our subsidiary governance to make these portfolios more agile. The decision making would be quicker. It would be the people who were closest to the business would be able to make the decisions. So we did a few things. We um, injected independent directors into the what we call parent portfolio boards. We set up audit and risk committees and the the thresholds for the delegation of authority to the parent board was changed so that these portfolios are now running pretty much autonomously. And that was actually set up just before the pandemic. So when the pandemic hit, these guys were able to move with speed and actually we got the best results we ever got to that point at that point in time with the autonomy and the empowerment of the portfolios. It's a huge deal and it's something that we've continued to devolve, autonomy and empowerment to individuals. You know, um, corporate governance is, in fact, I mean, you can have all of the systems, which we do have, you can have the policies, but... Good governance is effective leadership. Mm-hmm. Effective leadership is about empowerment of people and it comes back to people.
1: So you've devolved all this power. It, it makes you a more agile and efficient organization, you find? Yes. Okay, so what do you leave for Jervis to do?
3: <laughs> yeah, but, no, no, it's a very good question. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> laugh yet, but this is a very serious question. I'm glad you asked this question. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I'm here. <laughs> Well, I was, um, I was, I was disturbed.
0: Oh, wow.
3: (laughs) No, I, I was, I was concerned, Mm. right? Because, you know, most of what I was doing at Massey was I had an executive team. We had a committee and Mm -hmm. we used to do things together. And I I was part of, you know, a decision-making chain. And, um, by the the boards that she just talked about, I'm not on any of them. Oh, wow. (laughs) Wow. I, I don't even s- I don't even sit on the portfolio board. Oh, wow. I thought, well, at least I should be the chairman. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Those guys said they don't want me.
0: <laughs> I would
3: overshadow them or something. So
0: they
3: want to feel really empowered. So I, I really... Um, I, I had some time of reflection as to, well, boy, where's your job? <laughs> what are you going to do? You know? And um, I, 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 I was saying last night in here, yeah, you know, you 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 really don't know what the cost of distractions are until you focus. Mm-hmm. And you know, I was distracted by his business and somebody else's business. I know I could focus on the future of the group. Mm-hmm. I could focus on what you were asking. What's this global force for good about? Mm-hmm. I could focus on people and our culture mm-hmm. and what we could do to strengthen that. I could focus on, are we raising capital to fuel the growth that we have in front of us? And so I found a few things to focus on, (laughs) but I I have to tell you that why this is an important question is that each and every one of us as leaders had a similar form of confrontation and revelation. Mm -hmm. So he would have had the same experience because we now expect him to devolve more mm-hmm. decision making to the mm-hmm. CEOs of the companies that are in the gas products group mm-hmm. and so forth and so on. And so if I couldn't hold it, if I kept tucking back mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and not really giving Vaughn and David and now Mark and, and, and uh David Afonso that room. David Afonso and, and David O'Brien they, they took the room. <laughs> 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 to, be, to be fair, <laughs> um, then you know, you couldn't expect them to create the room for their CEOs mm-hmm. and the CEOs to create the room for their AVPs, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. And so that 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 freedom of giving up what you hold on to control. Mm-hmm. That's so why I said This is not easy mm-hmm. it's, it's personal mm-hmm. Because we Grew up in a Command and control world You mm-hmm. see Barita, You, you, all, you, you all Came on your board This company And you all were Some young people And you have a Zesty knipes Kind of culture But we mm-hmm. were uh, Well 90 something years Of top dong From the colonial Past leadership Do as I say and some people like that, you know. So you, 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 you. But I just did what you said. You know, you do, I'm not responsible. Um, and then you know, other people figure. Well, I climb the corporate ladder. I get to the top. Now it's my turn to you know give orders and buff people. So it takes something personally for each of us to let go that. And you know, it's like a tight fist of, on, on control and really trust others. And that's what we have now.
1: Okay, <laughs> sounds good. Um, yeah, so it's a deep appreciation for what you said because I mean, at 100 years old, Massey is older than Jamaica.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> but,
3: you know, so most of our, well, all of our, all of our uh, independent and republic countries were older than. Were older. Yeah. It's, it's pre-independence.
1: So you guys were were founded in in the teeth of the old command and control colonial structure. So it's so a kudos to you for changing. Um, the management ethos, right? That's a big deal. Yes. Yeah. And it and, and paid dividend in the pandemic, right? With with those business results. So, all right, so talking about the business. So, um, you know, correct me if I get anything wrong, but the IR portfolio, the integrated retail, so it's from memory like 61% of revenue, 44% of pre-tax profits. Um, motors and machines, 25% of revenue, 20% of pre-tax profits. Gas products, 13% of revenue. 17, 18. 26% of pre tax profits. Yeah, 25 to 26. That's why i happy I <laughs> <laughs> right, have you.
0: Because
1: we have to talk some more about the gas business, right? Because, I mean, those numbers would imply that from a profit margin perspective, it's, it's significantly more profitable. Um, than, than its peers. I don't know if you have portfolio jealousy or, you know, portfolio <laughs> anything, but, um But um, talk, why is gas so profitable? Um, and, you know, what has kind of brought you to where you are? Yeah, man. So, perfect segue. I, I would say
4: that, you know, in the gas products portfolio, we really, we have, a, we have a saying that we don't look at revenue.
0: You okay. <laughs> look
4: at margins and profit because revenue can be distracting. Um, our business is a high-risk business. That's the first thing that is very important. But it's also very capital intensive. So that, if you marry the two, high-risk, a lot of HSSE, um, respect you have to pay to this business. Um, you know, it's very dangerous gases. They need to stay in the pipes, in the vessels, in the tanks. Sorry, you said HSSE. Health safety
3: and security.
4: And, and health, health security, safety, security, security and environment. environment. Gotcha. And yeah, so it's it's high risk, it's explosives. You know, LPGs. is a it's a gas that likes. We all have LPG experience, LPG at our homes. A
1: medical grade oxygen is quite flammable too. Of, of course,
4: exactly. Mm-hmm. It's ninety-nine percent oxygen, mm-hmm. beauty of oxygen. So mm-hmm. you know, it's 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 really dangerous gases. So they they must stay in the pipes, as I said, must stay in the tanks. Must stay on the trailers. Sorry, perspective,
1: the 99 compares to what, 20% in atmosphere?
4: Yeah, somewhere around there, 17, yes. 20%. So it's significant significantly, on the
1: purity of yeah, your ratchet, atmosphere. Ratchet, yeah,
4: ratchet, yeah. Ratchet. yeah. So it's significantly mm-hmm. more flammable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so so that's one, um, capital intensive. A lot of, so think about us just taking natural air, as you said, 20% oxygen and you get to 99% purity Mm. it's a lot of technology it's a lot of ip so it's a really unique business that you need a level of professionalism to manage a lot of respect for the products that you manage a lot of training um and it's not something that and it's also in most spaces very regulated Mm. because of the high risk data so that in itself offers a bit of a margin mm-hmm. in the business but you got to do it right and you got to do it at scale hence a segue into our jamaica business which i didn't get yes. to speak to yes, massive gas products jamaica the gas program very strong business we have here in jamaica strictly lpg we ventured into oxygen during the pandemic mm-hmm. and not really for well to support Jamaica. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we were called on to support. We laced with Trinidad and got some um, ISOs over mm-hmm. with oxygen and supported um, Jamaica. And we actually saw an opportunity for us to, to segue into that oxygen market on the mobile end. Sorry, you
1: said ISOs.
4: ISOs is as is a tanker mm-hmm. that actually stores the oxygen. In liquid form mm-hmm. so we were able to bring it from Trinidad produced in
1: Trinidad and sail it to Jamaica okay so, so an it's like oxygen an isometric
3: container so you could put okay. high pressure gas into it yeah and ship it
1: okay so, so like, it makes like it a tank, exportable
4: exactly mm-hmm. yeah so so yeah so really um <clears throat> gave us that opportunity to step into the space we're pretty small in the space but we thought that we could have serviced the mobile area some of the customers here that won't be in service mm-hmm. um, but then we had another opportunity we announced signing the SPA with IGL. Mm-hmm. we all know blue gas a fantastic business very strong in the pack or the home mm-hmm. um cylinder side of the business a fantastic brand they've also invested heavily in industrial gases um, equipment and machinery they have an asu a separation unit, unit as we spoke about mm-hmm. producing oxygen um really that unit along with uh, you know, that produce pure gaseous oxygen really meets the, I would say the non-peak demand for Jamaica now. So, and then we have a CO2 plant in in IGL as well in the ferry um, facility, that's a very good CO2 plant that could meet the demand for CO2 in Jamaica. So we see a lot of synergy in that business, you know, and we think that having, as I said earlier, concentration, Mm -hmm. having a big, well-run business um, to service the people of Jamaica. Better LPG service, more reliability, better better value, get into the market a lot faster. We think that we could provide a really great service to the people of Jamaica and reliable service. And of course, tighten our hold on the oxygen market where we could put some resilience. You know, we have a plant in Trinidad, a plant in Guyana that we're building and a plant in Jamaica. Mm-hmm. If there's need, we can always share with each other to, to have that resilience across the territory.
1: Okay. So I, I want to sit with the Jamaican gas business for, for a minute, right? Because, so we just laid out how gas is, is materially more profitable within the group, right? Uh, so as we, as we s- stand here, Jamaica, it's a single digit percentage of, there's the, the somewhere around six seven 60%. percent okay so that's where we are today but you guys have assigned sales agreement in terms of the acquisition of igl blue right yes so that's a 140 million dollar transaction usd yes there about all right so what what are you anticipating in terms of moving the needle so jamaica is sitting at six percent right now assuming regulatory approval of that deal what do you expect this time next year to be talking about in terms of jamaica's share within you yeah but in the portfolio i would say Jamaica. be careful
3: that eh? this is a trick question i know <laughs> i know, I know.
4: <laughs> jamaica will become one of our largest businesses in the portfolio Really, definitely so definitely. Jamaica a, a so i would say the top so three within, in the portfolio in the gas products yeah portfolio. yeah all right and as we, and if you think about it, as we continue to pay down on debt and really bring the businesses together, this will not happen in a day. You know, it takes time to really... Because it's a fantastic business. It's two great businesses. You can't just bring them together. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You need to be responsible with that and how we integrate the two businesses. And as we continue to do that, I think Jamaica will be number one at some point in time in the, in, in the portfolio. It's, it's just like, it's a fantastic place to be. Um, just think about you know Trinidad. We have one point three million people, but we have oil and gas, and we're only in industrial gases, right? Guyana is
2: 800,000
4: people. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they are number one right now. In 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 portfolio, in profitability in the portfolio, they are number in the one. Gas portfolio, yeah. Okay, so and, th- growing. And, and growing, and growing. I'm sure, and it's industrial gases and LPG. And Jamaica will be in a very similar position with both industrial gases. Strong business in Jamaica
1: and strong LPG business in Jamaica. So, okay. sky's the limit. Sounds good. Sounds good. I hear Jerry's talking about three questions. I mean, you know, I may or may not um, Reverse engineer the deal.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I know. I know you're too smart. you <laughs> might know all these statistics by, by heart. You tell him that percentage. He say, Ah, uh-huh. hmm. Right, right. So this is how much profit the IGL is. Yeah. All right.
4: So, um, so I won the team before. <laughs> <laughs> That, that role has all the answers. He does his research <laughs> and asks you very difficult questions. Yeah, yeah, so no, I'm, no. I'm prepared this time, <laughs> <laughs>
1: No, man. So, 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 listen. We, you know, we're talking, Massey. Um, and we're we just, we, we're trying to frame our outlook, right? So, basically, what you just said, you said you feel good about the purchase. You feel even better about Jamaica in the portfolio, right? So, so this is this is good news. Very right? good news. This is big news. The, the most profitable portfolio has acquired a business at scale and that is material and it has the executive chairman feeling positive
3: about jamaica's future it hasn't yet acquired before. it uh.
1: okay okay so again like i said before you have a signed agreement I woke up
3: early this morning to prepare for you <laughs>
1: <laughs> subject <laughs> to regulatory
3: But regulator. I like the positivity. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, 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 the yeah, yeah. You put it out in the, universe. the universe. Yeah, we yeah, yeah, believe yeah. in that. But it's, it's a, like a like podcast. I don't want people to be misunted. Mis- <laughs> mis- no, absolutely. Absolutely. That so like I
1: said before, this is subject to regulatory approval Of course. Right? You have one regulator that needs to sign yes. up. Yes. Yeah. Jamaican F- FTC. Okay, alright. So we're we 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 hope in that, that 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 closes and comes, right? So assuming that things are looking good, right, for the GP. So um if continuing to look, kind of frame Mass's future, right? Uh, you mentioned Guyana. Guyana. Guyana growing like a stock, right? Um, uh, I think the 20% GDP growth was followed down by 40, 47, or something high, huge. One person
3: said 57, and then the president said 61.
1: Yeah. So <laughs> I, I think they were talking about <laughs> forecasts, right? Yeah. So, I'm, I mean, I, I don't know... When I was there, I, I got a sense of what that looks like on the ground, right? First of all, you can get nowhere. Peak hour traffic is dead, still, <laughs> right? Um, just so, much, so many trucks, so much aggregate. But well, you guys were in Guyana before it was fashionable, right? Yes, it was. Yes. Yeah, so, so talk about your heritage in Guyana and talk about the growth prospects as you see them
3: there, right? That's a okay, trick so. question. No, 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 that's a, that's a, that's a straight one. <laughs> We've been in Guyana for over 50 years. All three portfolios have established strong, dominant businesses in the integrated retail portfolio. We recently started supermarkets within the last six years, really, but it's a highly fragmented market. So to be number one in supermarkets in Guyana is not necessarily the biggest of supermarkets. It's that, Former supermarket um, uh, uh, industry is is, is, is emerging in, in Guyana right now. But but I should tell
1: you about supermarket. Just a sidebar. I was there. Um, I have a maybe an unhealthy affection for certain kinds of peanuts. Right? Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> so I'm in Guyana walking the streets. Which kind of peanuts is it? It's um uh, they didn't cut us a check, so I can't. I can't the brand yeah, new. dry roast. It's, it's honey roast. Honey right? roast. So, I love peanuts so, to myself. That's why I. So I'm, I'm I'm literally walking the streets of Ghana, uh-huh. saying, "Where can I find my peanuts? I'm in the Caribbean still, right? So I should. They, they're manufactured in Trinidad. right? Yeah, uh-huh. So I look around. I see a Massey. I see a Massey store. I say, "I'm sure. Must. I'm sure. I, I got there." Sure enough, asked for my penis, They just directed me to the aisle. Yeah. I, I I got there, took a picture, said it to my wife. I was very happy. Right. <laughs> so you know, as a Caribbean player, you guys reliable like that. Please continue. Yeah.
3: <laughs> <laughs> so integrated retail well established. Vaughan, let's talk about the uh, gas business. Extremely well established, and the motors and machines. You know, that's what we started with, right? So what we and and, you know being in Guyana for 50 years I mean you've been through the works in Guyana the Forbes Burnham the you know flirting with uh, communism the uh, changes of government uh, I mean hard difficult days and the amazing thing is that our Guyana organization has always performed well even when it was hard they knew how to kind of cut things back so that they would continue to be able to be operating and eke out a little profit since I joined Massey in 2004 the Guyana group of companies have grown at 10% a year or better every year reliable set your watch to it Mm. absolutely and that isn't because they have had the best and fastest growing economy Mm -hmm. it's because those guys could run good businesses
1: Mm. Mm, so you, you're confident in Guyana.
3: oh team. man so it's so all growth the, the, the largest growth in the group is happening in Guyana because as the Guyana economy expands people want more food fancier food mm-hmm. they want uh, to you know better cars they want new cars they, it was a used car market so the new car market is exploding they're consuming more gas people in the country stop burning wood and taking on, you know, uh, cooking gas. Uh, so, yeah, we, we're following Guyana's growth and tracking very well with it.
1: So, quantify that for me. I mean, we spoke about Jamaica being about 6% last year. What What's the Guyana share?
3: So, Guyana has moved from, I would say, in like 2013 being 11% of the profit of the group to this year being like
1: 19...
3: 19, 20%. 20% of the profit 19, of, the, 20% 20% of the group. 20% of the group. Guyana has overtaken Barbados in terms of the share of profit that the group generates. Still that is number one, but that is coming down and, and that's strategic, right? We wanna we don't wanna be Trinidad centric. We wanna have more of the group's profit and revenues being won in other countries as well. Uh but Guyana Guyana's overtaken Barbados.
1: And as as a group CEO, you felt like you could bank on double digit growth from the Guyana team pre-boom, long Absolutely. before that. Absolutely. So imagine, imagine what no. you could see no, yeah, 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 right? Yeah, yeah. All right, all right. So, so things looking good. In that's what I want to tell you, investors. investors. <laughs> you we're talking about it. You <laughs> see, I don't, I don't, I don't trouble trouble. I haven't made it too hard, right? <laughs> um, so, all right. So, we we just described Jamaica, the big gas deal, right? We we describe Ghana. Now, the, another area that's fascinating to me are. For a couple of reasons like our stock exchange chairman mentioned earlier this week at the conference that our region is not really an english-speaking region i think he said english was like the third yes, most spoken, spoken language in the region
3: spanish so was then, then french
1: you look at a, a masi right again 1.8 billion us dollars in top line huge company there, there's not there are not a lot of businesses that the Caribbean region or traditional English-speaking Caribbean can can maintain at that level. So you start to think you're probably approaching saturation, right? But then you make a move from your English-Caribbean roots and boom, you're in Colombia, right? So for me, just as an outside observer, I'm saying, boy, you know, Jamaica, 2.8 million people, I look at Colombia; it's fifty-one million people. Right mm-hmm. I think, if I I, I, I might be wrong, but if you take all the populations of all English-speaking Caribbean, I don't think we get there. No, no <laughs> right. we're close. Yeah, I don't think we're close. So, so just looking at that alone, I feel like that's a big addressable market. That you know, there's a there's a big growth prospect. There. So talk to talk to us about what you're doing in Colombia, how you see that market, and how you feel about it
3: so I, I guess I should talk about, yeah thank you, yeah, you go, go, go.
4: <laughs> so yeah so um, in Colombia we first business that actually formed the beachhead in Colombia was our motors big, business and David was with us here um, David O'Brien our executive VP of international growth and really um, that business is now like one of the top multi-brand dealerships in Colombia um, operating in Bogota, Cali, Barranquilla, Medellin. Medellin, and just fabulous, absolutely amazing business. Um, we have fantastic brands, Mazda, Mercedes, Renault, you know, I think we have, um,
3: we have Volvo, Volvo. Yeah. So,
4: yeah. so yeah. just the top brands, um, building relationships, being recognized, as a a world-class car dealership in this space. Fantastic showrooms, world-class showrooms. I actually visited the Medellin Medellin office and I passed on the main road where my hotel was and I drove through, I drove past like three dealerships and our Medellin, Medellin, Medellin dealership was in the back street It's the number one selling Mazda dealership in all of Colombia. The service is amazing. Wow. Absolutely amazing. It's a top 1% Volvo dealership for Volvo in terms of service, in terms of the total Volvo service. If you wish to get your car service, they call you, the serviceman calls you. He has a conversation with you. What's wrong with your car? You bring your car. He takes your car, they drop you to wherever you wish to go after, he fixes your entire car, he calls you back, service man calls you back, this is what he found, this is what he's done, this is what he's doing, this is the time you can collect your car. One day, nothing else, all the parts is ready, everything is ready before you arrive. Mm-hmm. It's, it's just amazing, you know, the culture of the people, um, just amazing. So So I think that gives us confidence, right? We could do it in motors. Mm-hmm. Around 2016,
0: Gilles?
4: hmm Yeah. Uh, we had a partner in Trinidad, Wood Group. Um, so we have a company called Massey Wood Group in Trinidad. And we worked with a lot of the Colombians in Trinidad. And Wood Group decided they wanted to come out of the energy services in Colombia. And... Massive with our very ambitious self, thought, well, we could buy that business. <laughs> that looks like a good business for us. And we ventured to Colombia and we actually bought that business, led by Gervais, of course. Um, quite about 1,500 employees, a fantastic business. A lot of young, bright, intelligent people. Just uh, unlimited. Very
3: strong. Great safety culture, beautiful company.
4: Just unlimited leadership, you saw. Mm -hmm. Uh, We've taken that business, we've transformed it a bit. And, you know, when we looked, when we made the decision to go to portfolio models, one of the decisions we made is, we need to go into the LPG business in Colombia. Again, led by Gervais, back in the days when he was the boss (laughs) (laughs) of all all businesses. (laughs) Um,
3: Long live those
4: days. (laughs) (laughs) We we decided, you know what? Our future is gas products. Mm -hmm. We need to get into the LPG business in Colombia. We tried um, CO2. Mm -hmm. Um, The biggest opening was LPG. Since then, we've acquired three LPG businesses in what we call the BBC area. Boyaca, Bogota, and I can never remember C, something like Cusimaca or something like that. It's a very difficult name. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it's like the greater Bogota area. Okay. Bog- Bogota is a province. And currently we are at 1%. Um, we bought businesses in, like two years ago now. Um, so think about us being 1% in Colombia. And what's available to us, seven one percent of the Bogota region, mm-hmm. and what's available to us. So that's that keeps us very excited yeah. and ambitious in Colombia. Um As we said, we just had our Jamaica acquisition or Trinidad acquisition. All says Colombia is Columbia, coming soon.
1: Okay, okay. So, I mean, that is exciting news. So, by the numbers, what what's uh, what's Colombia in terms of? Share our business, share a revenue.
4: Yeah, overall in the group, is around six percent of our profits. Six? Yeah. Okay. And the growth rate down there? I, I would say we will be. We we haven't. We, we've in like in the motors and machines, it's been like
3: yeah, like twenty five percent, twenty five
4: percent growth. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, in um the industrial gases business, we've moved like seven percent, ten percent. You know, uh, next year, I think that between between now and next year,
1: year and a half, 18 months, we'll be making some big moves. All right. So, you know, we just overview the business. We overview the outlook and the growth prospects, right? So I have some questions uh, and just stay with me. You guys have global ambitions, right? And given everything we just spoke about, You are confident that you can operate supermarkets, that you can run an LPG business, industrial gases business, and you can sell cars, machines, and service them anywhere in the world. Correct? Anywhere in the world. Okay. So, you're confident in the platform that you have. So, we come now to, you guys cross-listed in Jamaica, right? And, speaking about the Jamaican stock market experience. Now while while I was thinking about the structure of the organization, I trying to figure out what Jervis does now, right? <laughs> <laughs> and so I got to him and I said, Jervis, it's capital allocation, is it? And he said, Absolutely. Right? So we we talk talking about capital allocation. Right. I glanced at the numbers today that were published. Now depending on whether you use the um, the, the net profit figure, or comprehensive net profit. Massive valuation in Jamaica, at least, on a Jamaican stock
0: mm-hmm.
1: You know, it's it's it, it's hanging around 7.9, mm-hmm. um, 9.5 times earnings mm-hmm. in terms of the PE, depending yes. on which number you use, mm-hmm. right? But regardless of what number you use, I think just based on, you know, just experiencing business and whatnot, I mean, a good solid business, Fair value, 15, 16, right? Um, you look at your peer group, you look at what your peers trade at, it's up at 18, right? But, so if I'm allocating capital at an investment holding company and I'm looking at my options, I don't know. If the stock is languishing, you know, 8, 9, because of selling pressure, I mean, it's very... It's commonplace, uh, when I think about you know, in my, my book, great capital allocators, right? Your Henry Singletons and Warren Buffett's, they would buy their stock all day, right? absolutely, it's all day, every day. I mean, absolutely. you, you, the shareholders that elect to stay with you on the Guyana, Jamaica, Colombia journey the remaining shareholders will be able to, to realize significant value. And I mean, if you have selling pressure, you, you, you can satisfy that. But if if I'm looking at all of the options compared to acquiring a new business at fair value, if the stock market giving you a bargain, why not take it?
3: It's a very good question, Ron. I think I know where you're going, right? Mm-hmm. And I want to let Wendy speak about this because, uh that is it, in 2023, so it would be wrong. 2014, 2015, we went out for I think it's 2014. Things were still good.
0: <laughs>
3: <laughs> in front of that, and I mean by that the foreign exchange situation, and we raised a two billion TT dollar bond, so it's an excess of two hundred million US dollars. And uh, the intention was this was going to be the ammunition. Mm-hmm. For us to go on a regional expansion. Hmm. Well, that didn't quite work out because oil prices and gas prices dropped. Gas production in Trinidad also reduced. Um, suddenly, we found ourselves from a com- country accustomed to huge balance of payment surpluses mm-hmm. running deficits we started to find in our trading businesses difficulty accessing foreign exchange just to buy cars and soup groceries and stuff like that far less to take TT dollars to buy US dollars to make investments outside of Trinidad and Tobago so we are a wash we have a 1.8 billion still left on our balance sheet mm-hmm. of cash from this bond mm-hmm. that we that has a carry rate so for why we had a negative carry now we have a better treasury trying to do something about that, about that. Uh, then we say well okay well alright we can't get foreign exchange to, 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 to you know expand with mm-hmm. let's buy massive shares mm-hmm. best thing we could do with this cash is to buy back some shares Wendy explain to him why we can't buy back shares <laughs>
2: <laughs> <coughs> we have some very archaic um <laughs> regulations that make absolutely no sense. So for example, you know, if, if you were on the London Stock Exchange, you can buy back about five to ten percent of your shares without any, any sort of regulatory approvals or requirements mm-hmm. because it's to the benefit of the shareholder and the investor. In Trinidad and Tobago. You have to get pre approvals, and the way that you're allowed to buy back shares is it's a systematic daily allowance that you're allowed to buy back over a period of time. Mm. It never works out. Small very
3: small lots. Very small lots.
2: Yeah. So you are not ever able to really buy back your shares. We've mm. been lobbying for a long time to um, change the, the, the share purchase guidelines, repurchase guidelines, but hopefully they might do that this year. They've said they're going to take a look at it but i mean really archaic um stuff that doesn't make sense for the investing public
3: we we really actually can't find anybody who's opposed to the idea mm. but it still can't it still has not been done yet in the ether it's just yeah, yeah yeah it was one of those <laughs> it's one of those great frustrations and that's why one of the reasons we're here in, in on the jamaica stock exchange is you know you want to be in a vibrant capital market that makes sense Mm. that's why we're strong promoters of a common or integrated stock exchange in the caribbean because you know we have these pockets of capital and, and and it was not that much when the grand scheme of things let's put put them together let's iron out and harmonize regulation so that we could get capital flowing a lot easier we could get you know, these kinds of... These anomalies exist because of the imperfections and inefficiencies in our systems.
1: Okay. Okay. I hear that. I hear that. Um, I, I, I'd say one thing.
3: Council, right? you yeah, have ideas. We're looking for ideas.
1: One in focusing the business down to your three portfolios, you sold a lot of stuff, right? And, I mean, didn't you collect like well over 100 million U.S. dollars outside of the strictures of your home,
4: home country. Sure, sure. Let's talk about that. So yeah, we had a fantastic divestment program. We collected somewhere around 271 million equivalent U.S. dollars of which we've invested 175 million U.S. dollars as the hard currency that we have mm-hmm. in hand invested in the different markets are mm-hmm. um, using that right now in the watchers. we just announced approximately 240 250 million years of acquisitions so we'll be tapping into that source um, the intention is first to balance that mm-hmm. so, so yeah so that and actually I think it's fantastic that we were able to take strategy from four three years ago. That we're going into portfolios execute on a divestment strategy and then utilize that to invest in the portfolios and one of the powerful things that i always look at at my PL is that you haven't seen a dip in our performance because we're selling off some profitable businesses you know and the better portfolios have really paid off with double-digit growth over the last four years i think i'll step back as you thought talk about just debt and finance um, back to our vision, a, fo- a global force for good, an investment holding company with a Caribbean heart. And I think the part that you spoke to is our global ambition, and that's where Massive Finance comes in. Um Massive Finance, our Massive Finance GFC, our lending business, massive finance remittances, there we see them as our catalyst for growth. Our the arm of our business that manages all of our treasury manages our challenges in Trinidad for getting U.S. dollars, manages our debt financing, our relationships with all our bankers and institutional investors, Um, critical to our growth. Um, Of course, that will become an important part of of how we grow. No one wants to grow on equity. You know, equity is the most expensive form of funding. So we expect to go to the market, you know, at some point in time. With a strategy, both on the equity side and on the debt side, as it's both important to a good strategy. So, so that's amazing. So, so yeah. So we more or less have depleted that war No, it's uh, we not depleted. C- we, we, well, we yeah, still 50, 50, million, so, yeah, still or 50 so. million or so but, people, but if I'm looking for a 300 million dollar deal I mean you know that's kind of what I look at you know so, so the 50 million will really help me <laughs> <laughs>
2: don't don't that's, wh- that's why that's why
4: the
3: parent is the allocator of the capital <laughs> I mean I just you know
1: I, I the, the the sale agreement in Jamaica that puts you on the hook for 140 um
3: Forty-seven for the supermarkets. That's Fifty-seven. Jackson, that's Jackson. Fifty-seven for the other plant he's buying. In hundred <laughs> and ninety-seven million he using. You know. When you see
1: money, you gotta use it. Yeah. But, well, I, I don't know, know, All I know, <laughs> I, I mean, I think, I think, must might be very competitive value you know just yes. say it absolutely just for just sure absolutely. compared to yeah, I mean I know you like big deals right? but no it's <laughs> a lot of bang for them.
3: well you're making an extremely good point right because you look at where we're trading even in Trinidad and I understand that we were told yesterday that you know we we, we should not you know feel bad mm-hmm. and that we're definitely not special other people in the equity markets have mm-hmm. had tr- challenges too yeah, 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 yeah. but yeah so you could just look at the pipeline of what's coming. That's not reflected in the earnings numbers that you're seeing. You can look at where the price is right now, and you know a blind man could see what's coming, right? So, um, but you know it's, it's wonderful. It's a great time, I think, to buy. I, I've been buying. We have We all been buying personally, all right? Through our ESOP program, etc. And uh, we, we'll all right. We're not obsessed about our share price. We'd like it to be higher, but we're not obsessed about it. You know, we're obsessed about the businesses we're in, the strategy we're executing, how we're working with people, how we loving our people and what that creates in terms of the way that they're empowered to participate in the business the way that they can show up at work fulfilling up on you know their own purpose in life that then gets them excited and 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 give and and and, you know we're interested in their ideas and, and and their contributions to strategy and efficiency and that makes us a more profitable business. We can share that with them, share some of that abundance with them, so they can start feeling like, okay, I can, I can actually build some wealth for my family here, take care of my, take care of the people around me. And um, when we focus on that, that produces more profit. When you produce more profit, eventually the share price will catch up with it, you know. And uh, we pay healthy dividends. Okay. You know, I'm not worried all right we're doing so our part we do our. we are focusing so on the things we need to focus on yeah
2: control always, what you can it's control right? value, values based results right yes it's not just about results it's not just about the bottom line it's about how we do what we do how we yeah, care how for is our it people very important yeah yeah it's just as important as what we do yeah for sure okay
3: all right guys it
1: sounds good sounds like Massey's best days are ahead of it right sure. even Thank after 100 you. years
3: Yes, right? the next hundred is coming through hard.
1: That that is impressive. Thank you very much, guys, for for joining us. And you know, I wish Massey all the best.
0: Thank
3: Bye. you. Well, thank you very much.
0: You've just listened to an episode of the Barita Podcast. The Barita Podcast is available on all Barita's social media platforms. If you'd like to invest with Barita Investments Limited, visit our website at barita.com or contact us at 876 926 2681 to get started.